0: hello thank you for choosing to listen to theme park films podcast we are carla and holly two friends from england who will ride the movies watch the film and give you our thoughts you can find us on at theme park films on twitter oh and just one more thing if you are driving whilst listening to this podcast please keep your arms inside the vehicle for the duration of the show thank you Hello oh, and welcome to Theme Park Films. I'm Carla and is everyone joined by Holly. Hello. And this week we are discussing Mulan, which was released on the 19th of June 1998 in the USA and the 16th of October 1998 in the UK. But before we crack on with that, we're just going to remind ourselves as ever where Mulan featured in a theme park And she was primarily in The Magic of Disney Animation, which was in MGM Studios, a.k.a. Disney Hollywood Studios, from the 1st of May 1989 to the 12th of July 2015. So a pretty long run it was there for. And it's now been replaced with yet more Star Wars because there's just not enough in there at the moment. They've managed to cram something else in. This is kind of a special film because it actually was made in Disney Hollywood Studios Orlando. They actually drew all the characters in there. And I remember as you walked through the attraction, you got to see, you know, videos of. of of it being made actually right there and then in the park, which I'm not sure how many were actually made in Orlando, but I I think this was one of very few. Do you remember that attraction? Basically, yeah, as I said, you went through, you saw lots of, you know, the animation of where it was created. You then went into a studio and... Mushu came up on the screen and talked you through the art of animation and how they make films, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But what I found out in researching this was it wasn't Eddie Murphy that actually did the voice in the ride, must have been too busy. It was his voice double, someone called Mark Mosley, who I guess probably went on and got work in Shrek afterwards in Universal. Yeah. I don't know if you saw it. Tom Cruise was on Graham Norton once and he said that his brother does a lot of Woody voiceovers for him when like he's not available so the toys you buy and etc cetera, etc cetera, are all voiced by Tom's brother rather than Tom himself. I just sort of think, you know, if you're gonna to commit to something,
1: you need to commit to it.
0: Well, I I would I would give it Tom Hanks a let perhaps, just because, you know, he's Tom Hanks and probably highly in demand. But Eddie Murphy, I mean, it's not the 80s anymore. How in demand is he that you can't turn up and just record, you know, a 20-minute skit for MGM Studios?
1: Yeah, and they probably go to wherever he
0: was in the world. The amount of woody merchandise you would need to voice in computer games would be considerably more than Mooshu needed. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so you went through the ride there. Um, Robin Williams appeared on in the attraction at some point. I think it's Peter Pan, if I remember rightly, which I believe might have coincided with him being in Hook. Can't remember. And at the end of it, there was um, a photo op opportunity where there was, like, loads of different characters out that you could stand with. And that's where Mickey Mouse used to stand because you don't often see Mickey. He used to be out there and Wreck-It Ralph, The Incredibles. This is all going off my memory. I'm sure there were many other characters that used to stand there. But it, it was quite a nice um, little attraction. It got you out of the sun, very nice and air-conditioned, quite relaxing. So, yeah, shame it's gone, I would say. Ugh. But I say that about everything that's gone.
1: Yeah. Not a shock that you're, you, you know, that you're sad it's gone, really.
0: Yeah. But you do see Mulan occasionally. She's standing outside China in mm. Epcot.
1: I was going to say, I thought she was there.
0: Occasionally you see Mushu. Last time I was there, last year, I saw them both standing outside. And I was surprised, pleasantly surprised. There was quite a long queue for them. So it means that, you know kids are still watching this film. It's very underrated. It's kind of a forgotten Disney film, isn't it?
1: I don't know if I've seen it before. We've just watched it.
0: I saw it at the cinema, but I think I might have just seen it at the cinema because I was still working there at the time. So I don't know. It probably wouldn't have been a film I would have gone to see, but I do remember watching it in like after work or on a break or whatever. I remember sitting and watching it, but I I hadn't seen it in years. And then when I rewatched it for this, I, I did enjoy it. I, thought, I think it's a really underrated film, but you, not so much.
1: Yeah, I just thought it was a bit, I mean, it was quite short. It just sort of seemed to not really have much about it.
0: Maybe that's why I like it. I quite like short films, and not just Disney films. I like short films in general. I love a film that's about 90 minutes. Yeah. You should always want a film to carry on. If you ever are looking at the time, a film's gone on for too long. True. But anyway, we'll crack on into the storyline. So we see a soldier on the Great Wall of China, a bird knocks into him, and then they are invaded by the Huns, who is led by Shan Yu. Now, I haven't seen... We're a bit delayed in recording this for various reasons, so I haven't watched this film in about two months. So if I pronounce anyone's name wrong, I apologise. I'm having to go on how I've written it, which I might not have written it phonetically. I might have written it off Wikipedia. So anyone's name wrong i apologize and we've already had a big debate before coming on air about how to assume, say mulan and we both thought it was mulan and then we've we've checked various sites and everyone seems to pronounce it mulan so um wait for the police car to go past Another man. yeah there you go that's what you get living by the big smoke guys Anyway, it cuts to the emperor, who is told that they need new recruits, even though the current army claim they can defeat them. He says that they must take one man from each family. We then cut to Milan. (laughs) Now I'm calling it Milan. I mean, I've gone way off track now. Then we cut to
1: Milan. Milan. Yeah. That is right,
0: isn't it? That's how we agreed to say it, Milan. Yeah. Calling for her little brother, Curveball. It's a dog. Yeah. Don't know why that was in there. She's told by, uh... oh, why even mentioned it. That's a waste of 10 seconds of the podcast that we could have cut. She's told by her dad to hurry into town and uphold the family honour. So she arrives late, and she's given a makeover and told they are going to turn this sow's ear into a silk purse. And that's the grandmother. bit harsh, wasn't she? Yeah. I mean, she wasn't... Well, even if she was a dog, that's your grandmother. (laughs) She has to learn how to be a good wife. So basically she messes it up and is told that she will never bring her family honour. I think they treated her appallingly and to be honest, I'm surprised she wanted to help her dad as much as she did.
1: I agree.
0: He was awful. But
1: that was that whole scene anyway, where she was annoying in that, wasn't she? Like when like the cricket sort of jumped on, she just she just made a real she made a real dog's dinner of the whole thing.
0: She was unnecessarily scatty, I would say.
1: Yeah, she was. And then I didn't really get so what they were getting her ready to go meet some men, were they, or what?
0: I guess she was um, being prepped to become a wife. People rock up to call one male from each family. There's only one man in the family, and that's the dad.
1: And would they let the dad go?
0: I mean, he was a bit old, wasn't he? he was hobbling. <laughs> I mean, if anything, it would have been a hindrance to them, I say. I mean,
1: exactly. Like, what would he have done? Maybe, I don't know. Well, I have really no idea. I just don't... I think if he did go there, everyone would have been like,
0: just go home. He could have brought nothing to the table. But the dad is embarrassed by her when she tries to stop it. And he's really rude to her. I wrote... He was a right git.
1: I'm the dad is pathetic.
0: She sees her dad practising and he falls over. She should have then said to him, you dishonour me, when she saw that. He deserved it, you're, awful. You're such a disgrace as a father and as
1: a man and you will bring shame upon this family when you are desperately trying to fight and you won't be able to. And then just walk off.
0: Yeah. So he's horrible again at dinner and says, I know my place and it's time you learn yours. There was just nothing likeable about this man. There was no redeeming features. Agreed. So you see her alone and inspirational music kicks in. She chops all her hair off with a sword. And rides her horse off with her dad's sword. The mum says he needs to go after her as she could be killed, and the dad says, if he reveals her, she will be again. I think he was secretly pleased she went. I agree. I think he thought, well, I've dodged a bullet, and I don't really like her, so win-win." And
1: then he was just like, "Well, I can't I would love to go, but I can't, because then she'll be killed, so we just we'll just sit and wait.
0: Yeah. But then
1: it was a bit like at that point, you know, everyone really started to care that she'd gone off. Mm. Maybe she'd paid a bit of attention before. Yeah. yeah. It would have been quite nice.
0: Yeah. So the Nan, who was very rude to her the day before, suddenly remembers that she loves her granddaughter and asked their ancestors to watch over her. Mushu, a tiny dragon is awakened and asked to bang the gong to wake the ancestors to help her. Now, this did make me laugh because I knew you didn't know Eddie Murphy was in it, and I was just waiting for your text when you realised he was in it, and and it came and it didn't disappoint. I'd imagine you were gutted. I mean, I just
1: sort of think it's really odd that Universal went... Oh, I was watching a Disney film the other day, and I I saw... um... Eddie Murphy did a really funny character. Maybe we'll just make a donkey, and it'll be like the same. And then you know what track? You know, maybe we'll have a nod to it, and he can have sex with a dragon. I mean, you
0: know, like it just did. Someone do that? Because that's exactly it. That I think people forget because it is, you know, like I said, it's quite an underrated Disney film. This came first, and Donkey is just this same character. But a donkey. Yeah. It's identical. How Universal got away with it, I have no idea.
1: And I honestly think that Eddie Murphy is incapable of doing any other sort of role.
0: Mm. Do you think this is how he is all the time? Do you think that's why Mel B fell for him? Because he was like being all donkey stroke mooshu. Yeah. And
1: then he... A real nasty side to him, hasn't he?
0: I don't I mean, I don't know if I've ever heard him um being interviewed, to be honest.
1: Well, probably because he's so busy he can't turn up.
0: He probably gets his uh, voiceover geezer to yeah. go. So they all argue, all the ancestors, um Mushu isn't allowed to go, as he messed up in the past. He accidentally breaks the stone dragon that is meant to go and save her. So he has to go instead. Mushu convinces Milan he's big and powerful. And then she calls him a lizard. I think that was quite funny when she Mm. called him that. I thought he was quite funny in this. I, I I see your problem with, with his characters. I can see they can grate a little, but I do think this was a good sidekick. It was funny. It's a funny script. So he teaches her how to be a man. She introduces herself to the army. Now, did you notice that the little bloke in it was the man from um, Independence Day stroke, Mrs. Doubtfire?
1: Ah. Yeah, no,
0: now you say it, I think, yeah, it's quite often. Yeah, because, yeah, you recognised him straight away in Independence Day and said that's the guy from Mrs Doubtfire, and now he's popped up in this. God, he had quite a good career. Yeah, He just got a really distinctive voice. Li Shang is put in charge as the captain. Milan acts manly, which I thought was quite funny. Again, quite a good comedy moment. She says her name is Ping. They see that he is, or he/she is Farshu's son, and assume that he's a lunatic. But it
1: was—they did all seem to know his dad, and then it, I mean, it didn't come as a massive shock that he had a son.
0: No, that because he was so, or she acted so weird, they just assumed that maybe he'd hidden him away. Yeah. And he was ashamed of him or something. I don't know. I mean, he was ashamed of his daughter. It was perfectly alright. So imagine how ashamed he Yeah, yeah, definitely. So the next morning they have training. The captain, he's a right prat, isn't he? An awful character, another really annoying character. I didn't like him at all. I think he's meant to be inspiring. I not mind him. Oh no.
1: I just thought it was really strange when she obviously just went and slept in her own separate tent. Like, I'm sure someone would have been like, <laughs> Oh, Ping, um, I'm, I don't know where you got your tent from, but we yeah. all need to be a little bit of like camaraderie and like all hang around together. So, if you'd mind just getting back in the communal tent, that would be helpful. And then I thought, if you're going to do that, I'd make sure I was up before anyone else before they saw me in my own tent with my horse.
0: (laughs) Now, I think this is one of the... I'm going to put this out there. I think this is one of the greatest songs in Disney history, I'll Make a Man Out of You. It is so inspiring. I was saying to my cousin Becky today, it makes me want to run up a mountain. And I'm very lazy. I've, you know, that's not something I would normally want to do.
1: Well, I'm going to disagree because I literally cannot even remember the song.
0: That's outrageous. It was it was Donny Osmond that sung the song. Oh my
1: God. Mm. I wonder if he performs it in Vegas when he's with Marie.
0: Do you think that she chops her hair off with a sword during the song? That would be a great Vegas thing to do. If anyone's seen Donnie and Marie at Vegas, let us know. A montage shows her being sent home. And so she does this stupid challenge that he sets her, which is like to climb up a flagpole with weights hanging off her. And she proves her worth by doing that. And she's, like, earned loads of respect, does not she? Yeah, and
1: then everyone really, really likes him.
0: And, you know, a bit fickle again, really, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah. She's washing in the lake and some of the other blokes get in and she tries to avoid hanging out with them. I suppose this, is, this was a comedy moment that wasn't funny. But, you know, when, when you know something's meant to be mm. funny. It wasn't funny, but uh, Mushu manages to get her out of that scenario, but not before she's shocked because she sees all these soldiers with no clothes on. Yeah. The captain gets told off and she tries to tell him that she thinks he's great. He ignores her, but Mushu then realises that she fancies the captain. He makes up a letter from the general, Mushu, sorry, makes up a letter from the general saying that that they are needed at the front of the battle. Why does he do this? I think it's just to get her prestige, isn't it?
1: Oh, right, okay.
0: They arrive and see that the general and his army have been massacred. I think before that, the other other guy
1: who's doing the fight... You know, he's coming mm. in to fight. He finds, like, a little doll, doesn't he? Um. Yeah, like, he picks up, like, a little doll, and then he sort of smells it, and then he's like, oh, like, they're on this
0: route or something. God, oh, I don't remember that. You must have seen the uncut version.
1: <laughs> just wrote quite a bit about <laughs> the doll, so I just need that in there, because, you know, a page and a half of notes, and at least three lines are about a doll, so...
0: I mean, and I haven't made any notes on the doll, so I don't remember that even happening. Sorry. Just wanted to get that in. Okay, no, that's fine. And um, I'm sure the doll fans will appreciate that. So they leave but are ambushed by the Huns. They're hugely outnumbered, but the captain says they must fight and die with honour. He... Instructs the last canyon be directed at the leader, but Milan has a better idea and runs with it and aims it at a mountaintop, which causes an avalanche that falls on the Huns, which was a way better plan than that idiot had. (laughs) She then saves the captain, and he says that he owes Ping his life. Yeah. Yeah. They realise that Milan is wounded, and when treated, they then realise, uh-oh, she's a girl. And then they get, like, manic, don't they? Really manic. It's called High Treason, and they are meant to think that the captain is going to kill her. But he says, a life for a life, and then he leaves her, and carries on with his army. So I suppose he's supposed to be grateful that he didn't kill her.
1: But he just leaves her out in the middle of nowhere.
0: After she has literally saved the day. And also, wouldn't
1: you just be like, let's just sort out the current problem in hand and we'll discuss you later.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's not that bad what she's done, is it? Well, it's
1: not like she suddenly turned on them and tried to kill them all. Hmm.
0: So she decides to go home, but she sees some Huns have survived and she goes straight to the captain, but he's still got the ump with her and doesn't listen to her warning. So, I mean, you know, what's he learnt from this? Nothing. Yeah. The emperor is captured and she acts with logic again and gets inside the palace with the army. Uh, the emperor's rescued and the captain knocked out. So falls on Milan to battle him, just with a fan. And with the help of Mushu and Cricket, who I haven't mentioned until this point, but there's a uh, an additional sidekick, Cricket, I didn't think it was worth really mentioning.
1: No, oh, boring.
0: Yeah, not needed. <laughs> I agree. She's already got a sidekick You don't need another one The baddie is blown up by the fireworks And the emperor bows to her And she's made a member Of his council But she asks to return home Instead So she's given a medal And a special sword Which she then goes home and presents to Her dad He says the greatest gift and honour Is having her for a daughter So he's changed his tune
1: Finally. I mean, she did have to save the whole of China to do it.
0: I mean, that's proving you're worth a bit too much, isn't it? Yeah. The captain arrives and she asks him to stay for dinner. So I guess we're supposed to think that's uh, the start of something there. And Mushu is allowed to be a guardian again. So everyone's happy. A nice, big, happy ending.
1: Yeah, it worked out well for everyone.
0: It really did. Should we go straight to the shout-outs?
1: Yeah, can't imagine many.
0: <laughs> so we've got uh, on Instagram, at Becky Sten, my cousin, who you can hear on the Little Mermaid episode, expert on Disney, says, Despite all the war, death and other serious themes, I think it's the funniest Disney film because Mushu is fabulous. Also, the number of, quote, Disney fans who haven't seen it always surprises me. Hear, hear, Becky. Couldn't agree more. Great film. At Disney Els says, Absolutely amazing film, beautiful, funny, and a great soundtrack. Your mate Lyle says, I wanted to like it, but it never clicked for me. Oh. I'm not sure he did want to like it. So over on Twitter... Full Start Podcast says, one of the best songs in all of Disney movie history, and it's Donny Bloody Osmond. Was
1: that you that commented that?
0: It was not me. He goes on to say, also, Jackie Chan sings it in the Chinese dub.
1: Hmm.
0: There you go. Didn't know that. Wulong Talks says, one of my faves, great voice work all round and quite groundbreaking of its portrayal of its protagonist. Jack and the Geekstalks says, one of the strongest Disney films, the princess isn't the damsel in distress, she's the hero. Great music and Eddie Murphy as the dragon doesn't hurt. Ming Na voice performance is among the best that Disney has ever produced. Gosh. See, so actually quite quite glowing. It is. I think the few people that have seen it really enjoyed it. Have you got anything to add? I don't think we should force it. No, it's not force it. I think end on a high is what I say then. Yeah. You can find us on Twitter, at Theme Park Films, on Instagram, at Theme Park Films Podcast or you can search us on Facebook. You can also email us if you want, themeparkfilms at hotmail.com. We are also the proud creators of Brit Scene, which is a collective of British podcasts. You can head over to www.britpodscene.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook for regular updates. And I must point out, as of today, which will mean nothing to you because you're not listening to it on the day we're recording, but when you are listening to it, it will definitely be out, is the new Scene podcast, which is hosted by myself and the three other admins of Scene. So please go and check that out. My segment is talking to American podcasts. So if you want to hear more of me, which why wouldn't you, Head on over and skip straight to the American segment. And then if you've got time, listen to the rest of it, I'd say. Are you going to be listening, Holly? Always. <laughs> Thank you very, very much for listening. And we will see you again soon. Bye. Theme Park Films podcast is part of Scene, a network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritPodScene.com or follow BritPodScene on Twitter to find out more.